All right, let's get this thing started. Welcome to another edition, episode 99 of the Lab Exclusivity Podcast, Mechanical Breakdown Series, Volume 32, Breaking Down the Swing of New York Yankees right fielder. I don't think you can call him a slugger. I don't think that really does him justice. I think he's one of the best hitters in all of baseball, certainly the best hitter in the Yankees order. But we'll get to all of that in what will be a very insightful and enriching episode of the Lab Epstein Podcast. We bring in professionally evaluated, successful business owner, former coach, friend, and co-host Jake Epstein. It's shaking bacon. Hey, just got back from Texas, and it was frying bacon on the sidewalks out there. (laughs) By the way, I want to I want to ask you about. You mentioned this to me before we started recording you texting me saying that you have to grill for your parents and i'm a big grilling guy i'm not a big cook i don't really know how to cook much i can cook eggs and a couple of other things here and there but i love to grill but i hate to admit this i just i have to admit this though as a man i don't know how i can grill salmon i can marinate and grill steak i can marinate and grill chicken i can't grill i wouldn't know where to start when it comes to grilling ribs which is what you're doing today for the legend the goat and of course, yeah. Mike, Mike Epstein, the goat being your mom, of course. Yeah, well, what people don't know is my dad had a bar, barbecue restaurant for like 15 years. So he, he had a... Uh, a so you got all the... You, you, you learned everything through that restaurant. Well, so you learned he, hitting through your dad and Ted Williams, and then you learned how to run a barbecue restaurant, and you know how to grill pretty much anything. Man, you, you were really... You, were, yeah, well <laughs> you, you got it good. Well, around, especially in the in the uh, in the waistline with all the, the barbecue we had to eat. So, yeah. So we're doing. Uh, I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I can uh, I can get it done on a smoker. You know, and I I kind of know how to do that. So, and then my daughter, my oldest daughter, graduates this week, so I have to uh, smoke a brisket and probably a pork roast or pork butt, as people would call it. Um, which is, yeah, they're like this big. Those are like 12 to 14 hour cooks. So I got to do that later this week. Might mess it up, might not, but you know, it'll be good for her grad party. So let me ask you this. So are you doing this when you say smoking? Cause a lot of people don't really know what that mm-hmm. means. Like you and I are grill aficionados. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what that means. Are you talking when you talk smoking? I mean, what does that mean? Are you talking charcoal gas grill? See, I'm more of a gas grill kind of guy. Yeah. I never no, really believe be, much uh, in charcoal, but whatever. Yeah. You would use, you would use indirect heat. So you wouldn't cook right. it directly over the flame and, and you could do it with, um, with, with a little bit of charcoal and then, uh, wood, you know, wood chunks you can throw in there. You can do it all over wood. The key is, you know, when you're smoking it, it's indirect heat. So you're cooking it, you know, 200 to 250 degrees for a really long amount of time so that that, that food breaks down and it becomes really tender. So, um, yes, it's, it's a long, slow process, but it, it's kind of fun at the same time. Well, let's, uh, now I'm hungry. Let's get into, uh, Aaron mm-hmm. judge. The subject of our mechanical breakdown series today, volume 32, we're going to break down his swing. We're going to analyze him as a hitter. A lot to go on here with Aaron Judge. I do want to give you some numbers, though, just to start. And this is in yeah. 2022, and this is as of May 14th. We're recording this on a Saturday morning. So as of Saturday morning, May 14th, Aaron Judge, 12 home runs. He leads all of Major League Baseball in that category. 27 RBIs tied for fourth in all of Major League Baseball. 661 slugging, second behind Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Extra base hits, fourth. Um, with Aaron Judge, those numbers I just mentioned outside the extra base hits, somewhat. 
that would tell you that he is one of the top sluggers in all of baseball. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that. I think he's one of the top hitters in all of baseball, not just in 2022, but going back since 2017. And he's continued to evolve into what he is today. Yeah, I mean, he came up as a as a slugger, right? He was, right. you know, hitting, you know, 40, 40 home runs. But he, he takes his walks now. He doesn't strike out nearly as much. He hits the ball hard. You know, he's a big guy, but we'll see. Like, he has an adjustable swing. You know, I, um, I know people think he's just a big brute of a guy, but he's made really good adjustments over the past two years to kind of flatten out his swing to enable him to get to more pitches, more pitches up for sure, and stay on plain long ground pitches that are middle away so he doesn't have to let everything get super deep. So that's kind of what we'll look at today. But, yeah, he's an overall good hitter. Like, you know, he can he can handle pitches in different parts of the strike zone. And, um, you know, he's 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 going to put the ball in play. You know, he's not a you know, he's not a 210 hitter, you know, with with 40 home runs. You know, he's going to be a 280 hitter with 40 home runs. So I mentioned some of his power numbers there. But I do want to give you some more statistics that back up what I'm saying about him being an all-around great hitter. So multiple hits. This is again according. This is um, according to the Yankees' public relations department. Um, not really according to. It's factual. This is as of May 14th, 2022. So Saturday morning, he has multiple hits in seven of his last 14 games. Multiple hits being two plus. He's reached base. This is what I love. 27 of 29 starts in 2022. I mean, to me, that that tells you all you, all you need to know right there. And I think it gives you a little bit more of a glimpse as to why he is the best hitter on the Yankees and why he's batting in the number two spot. He drives in runs. He gets on base. He'll give you multiple hits per game. What more can you ask for from this guy? And if there's anybody deserving, he's going to be a free agent. If there's anybody deserving of a Bryce Harper, Mike Trout type contract, right now you have to say it's Aaron Judge. Yeah, and he plays pretty good defense too. You right. Know, he's, he's right. not, you know, he's he's not clogging up base pass. He he runs okay. He throws great. Mm-hmm. Um he he absolutely is is deserving. And he works. I mean, he is right. a workhorse. You know, mm-hmm. people there's you know, I can't reveal sources, but um, you know, he'll go and hit at one in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. after games are done and after they get back, he'll find a cage if, if he feels he needs to work on stuff. But and, uh, you know, he'll hit in the middle of the night just to kind of feel things out and, and make sure that he's his best hit when he gets to the ballpark the next day. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan of this. With Aaron Judge, the one, by the way, that scout who in, I think it was, what, 2013, 2014, that said he really wasn't going to be much, if at all, at the major league level has to feel pretty bad right now. Yeah. Um, with Aaron Judge, he is one of the best um, – all-around athletes also in the game. And he has pretty much every tool you'd want. Here's one thing that I love, though. He never gets hurt. You never really see him much on the knock on wood. You never really see him much yeah. on the injured list. Yeah. And when he does, it's, you know, and uh, it's a strain. Right. You know, it's, it's usually a leg or maybe an oblique strain. I think maybe he's had before. But, yeah, he's a pretty big, durable human. Right. 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 And, Which, again, if you're paying all that money, too, it's nice to get – you know, your money out of it. And you could say, well, it's because he's six, eight and it's because he's got all this muscle and because he's just a freak type athlete physically. Now that, that I mean, is true. Stan, but you Stan know what? Gets he's hurt a lot. He's right. A freak. Right. Yeah. And a lot of guys who are that big do get hurt a lot. That's just That's the right. nature of the beast. Joel Embiid, for example, right? Six right. 10, six, 11, seven feet. He's always getting hurt. 
poor guy. A lot of, lot of, lot of inches to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, by the way, to our YouTube page, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. Those numbers continue to rise. If you want to watch this breakdown today or previous breakdowns, last week we did Cedric Mullins, Trey Turner. Before that, we've done Bryce Harper. We've done Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Sal Freelick, our guy, your guy, my guy. Bailey Hemphill. We've done a couple of softball players as well. So check that out. The lab Epstein hitting podcast, YouTube page. Let's talk about Aaron judges swing now a little bit. I'm just going to ask straight out. I'll do two categories going well, right? So you write that down, underline it on the other side, going bad, write it down, underline it. What are some key points for Aaron judge? We'll start first when he's going well and when he's really swinging the bat and being productive. He's usually using his hands a little bit more. So is, is what I've found is when he, when he does use his hands and trust his hands, he typically misses less pitches and, and not necessarily missing completely, but he, he fouls off less, less good pitches, you know, which keeps him in a, in a, in a positive count. You know, he's not behind in the count when he gets a little bit spinny or a little bit uh, too body conscious. That's typically when he's in and out of the strike zone, uh, you know, so he's not making as much solid contact mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to miss a lot of pitches. He's going to, you know, roll over a lot of balls, the pull side, and he's going to swing under a lot of balls the other way. Um, that's what he used to do. And that's what, you know, he w- was, was his issue was that he, you know, he had to let everything get really deep because he just kind of turned his body to hit the ball and he didn't use his hand. So an outside pitch, he had to let it get really deep. But then if it was an inside pitch, he would try to hit it out in front. Well, his barrel wasn't on plane out in front because he didn't use his hand. So he would just top over it and he'd hit a ton of pull side, you know, ball. Now, sometimes if they elevated it or something, he could still get to the bottom of the ball, but um, that's, that's usually, you know, his issues. I would say, you know, his load is really great. That's something he's always done really well. He, he coils, he controls. It's not a fast load, you know, for a big guy, you don't want to have a, a fast fast action to the ball and, and he definitely doesn't do that and he's always been very very good with that he, I'm sure he spends a lot of time um, on that move so really it's just for him it's not creating power or energy he creates a ton of energy and power right I mean he he's a, he's a very large human being so you know even if he didn't have perfect mechanics he, he could still hit the ball really hard but the fact that he you know does sequence his body really well he keeps his upper half back um, for a long time while his front foot hits the ground, which we'll see in the video, enables him to make adjustments. And now that he uses his hands and he has those adjustments mid-swing, it just makes him more of a complete hitter. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, I- I'm glad you brought up the this load and the coil and his stride, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about a couple of his fundamentals. Um, mm-hmm. His stride, his load, his coil. Stride is a little bit different. He's coiling a lot there. He's not really mm-hmm. stepping as, say, a Stanton would, smaller step, mm-hmm. a LeMahieu would, a Josh Donaldson with a big leg kick, for example. Yeah. You can tell when he lifts up that front foot that he's coiling, right? And correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong on any of this here. Yeah, no, what he you, really gets What do you make of his stride? Hip. Yeah. Yeah, no, he really loads his back knee and his back hip a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it kind of looks stiff and rigid, you know, if you were just looking at him compared to a, a Harper, you know, who's, who's very smooth or, um, you know, stands kind of stiff too. And he just kind of picks it up and puts it down. So it's, it's a, it's a structured move. I guess that's the best way to say it. Like it's, it looks very, you know, mechanical and rigid. 
but it, it works really, really well. And because he does it early and slow, it's totally fine. You know, he's, he's not, he's not jumping. If you have kind of a rigid move and you move late and you have to move fast, then bad things can happen. So, you know, his looks rigid. He doesn't obviously think it's that way, but it was just the way he was taught and the way he interpreted, you know, that move when he built in his muscle memory that it looks like that, but it's a very good move. Um, yeah. It's just one that you, you have to be careful. You're not late getting going. Yeah. It's funny how people interpret different things and how communication is so important with coaching. Yeah. It's so fundamental. We've talked about that and so academic. We've talked about it so many times on this show, but the way he interprets that move that he has to do to get loaded and coiled, it's, yeah. it's his way of interpreting it. Other people interpret it different ways. Yeah. And that's what is, you know, you know, if you look at the guy that kind of worked with him a lot, um, that's, that's their, their big move is, is loading that, that right, right leg, right hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, obviously you'll work, do like a little snap thing with their, their hands and stuff, which, um, you know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of, um, manually teaching that, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, you know, that's, that's their, and you can totally see it in his low that that's, that's what he's, you know, kind of working on. So let's talk about the hand path. You mentioned that also mm-hmm. during our little going well, going bad segment. When he's going well, he has great hand path. Can we expand on that a little bit and just kind of describe further what you mean about Aaron Judge's hand path? Yeah, his first move is usually always good. He's never mm-hmm. never had any kind of bat drag. His back elbow never leads his hands. He uses his left arm, you know, in the beginning, meaning he has some elbow separation. He doesn't collapse anything back there. Um, and so, you know, we've talked about being good that, that first six inches. In fact, when I was right. at the lab last week, that's all we focused on with our, with, uh, my instructors and with the young players is let's, I, I want dedicated time. I want 15 minutes each session dedicated to that move because it's so important. So he's always good from that position. Now, if you just keep turning from that position and your elbows kind of stay at that same angle, what happens is we, we typically spin off balls. Okay. So our upper body um, over rotates, you know, our hips might over rotate because we're not deselling that part of the body. That's where the whole, you know, people are, are teaching, you know, you want a scissor. I had a, a kid, a high school kid with really good athleticism and his, his somebody he's taken lessons from or whatever taught him to, to scissor, you know, and to move his back foot behind him when he hits because he, he spins his, his body too much. Um, it was, um, on, his foot was so far behind him and off the ground. He looked like he was hitting a slap shot. So if you're looking at a hockey player, that's exactly what I, I asked him. Do, do you, are you a hockey guy? You know, did you grow up playing hockey? Because I mean, his foot was moving like this much and it was this high off the ground moving behind him. And, and that's what he was taught. And it's like, okay, why are you doing that? And then he explained it. Uh, and there's just a better process of decelerating with your lower body. In fact, what happened was because his lower body was decelerating too much, he actually was trying to spin his upper body more to compensate. It was just a bad combination. Now, with judge, if you just start to use your arms and extend your arm, that actually will decelerate your lower half so you don't spin off balls. Okay, It's kind of just the way it always has been. So instead of reinventing the wheel, you can just add a hand path, you know, and use your hands and extend your arms so your, you know, your arms don't just keep turning around your body. They actually start to turn in the beginning and then they get through the ball towards the end. Um, and that will slow your hips down so you, or, and your shoulders most, it actually show you, slow your shoulders down um, so that 
Um, you don't over rotate and you get to pitch in the middle half away without having to create some kind of artificial move. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in there. And the one thing I, I will say about scissors, I, I don't like it for the simple reason that I think you're trying to implement something that just isn't natural. I think if you get enough ground force, you're going to have somewhat of, of scissors. Yeah. And that's just how, I mean, hockey players, same thing. They get that ground force, that ice force, if you will, mm -hmm. that's why they have scissors they, or they do the yeah. scissors, whatever that, whatever the case may be. By the way, with Aaron Judge's plate coverage is absolutely tremendous. I don't have any advanced analytical statistics on uh, really much on Aaron Judge this week because there is so many layers to his swing and so many things, more things that are interesting we could talk about. But with Aaron Judge, his plate coverage is tremendous. And people, I think a lot of people will say, well, it's because he does this or he has great wingspan or this and that. I think it's because he just lets the ball get deep properly on an outside pitch mm -hmm. yeah and he, he uses he extends well that way but yes his levers are bigger so when you're covering you know 17 inches and you know your your arms are 30 33 inches long or 34 inches long whatever he's got you're swinging a 35 inch bat probably um you're going to have better coverage than someone like altuve who's really got to cheat to get to the outside part of the plate so that definitely helps but yes having proper plate awareness Having proper mechanics, um, we talk about it at my certification program in depth for a ton about covering inside versus outside and what the differences are with the swing and how to simplify it so we don't have different swings um, for different pitches. We have different thoughts and maybe different extension points. So we spend a ton of time on that with my instructors, and he does a really good job with that now that he's you, you have to use your hands more on outside pitches, and now that he's He's doing that. He still has the ability to turn and burn on pitches middle end, but now he's able to flight those balls, you know, down a little bit and stay on top of high pitches that everybody's throwing him um, mm -hmm. because he's using his hands a little bit more. All right. Well, if anybody has any questions, be sure to, we did have a question, but we just don't have time to get to it today. We will get to that question though. I emailed the person back, let them know we will get to that question on episode 100 in a couple of weeks. But if anybody in the meantime does have questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, be sure to email us jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Again, jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. And also don't forget to follow us on social media at Jim Tara at Epstein hitting on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you are ready, let's get into the swing breakdown, mechanical breakdown series, volume 32 of Aaron judge. All right. So here is judge uh, hitting a pitch that's, uh, you know, middle away and, and a little bit lower. Okay. I mean, still a pretty good pitch to hit and we can see if we bring him at point of contact, he's hitting this ball. Now, this camera angle is going to make the ball look a lot more out in front, but he's definitely hitting this ball probably somewhere even with his front foot, okay? Maybe the middle of his front foot. And the reason I know it's out in front is because of the angle of his right arm, okay? So if you look at the angle of his right arm, I used the wrong tool. We're going to take two on that. You know, right before contact, it's, say, 125. Right after contact. It is 145-ish, 147. So what does that mean? It means he's extending through to stay on that pitch. If his arm, now typically um, what he did early in his career is that right arm was closer to like 100 degrees, okay? It was very tight. So if I just kind of bring it to closer to 100 degrees, that would put his bat, you know, if I did like kind of the same angle, that would put the bat back in here. He'd have to let the ball get, you know, four or six inches deeper. 
And then if he was a couple inches early, he'd hit the top of it. Where you could see here, he would just, if he was a little bit later, he would just probably hit a low line drive to right field instead of being able to hit a higher line drive. I mean, this still, this was a home run. At, I mean, I don't know. We can put a number on it, but maybe, you know, 20, high 20s. Yeah, 27 degree home run. Okay. Which is absolutely fantastic. If he let it get deeper and he caught it more on the downward slope, he just would have hit more the middle of the ball, the top of the ball, and just hit a low line drive into right field. Okay, so that's what's so great about his his new swing. And and notice how much he's he's actually swinging down. You know, everybody talks about Judge. I'm gonna just put a circle on the very end of his bat so we can kind of see the the path here. You know, a little bit of a tracer mark. Okay. But you can see it's more from there to there. He really has to drop that bat down in. And then, you know, he starts to level off out in front. So, you know, if we put just another circle, you know, between those, you know, we try to kind of do our best. And then he gets here, right? He's still swinging down, even at this position. But then, you know, he starts to roll up here out in front. If we connect those two, and then he's perfect from there to there where he's hitting the ball. Okay. If he were to get on plane, I'm just going to draw like a, a freehand line here. If he were to get on plane back here and start swinging up, then his barrel would have gone like that. Okay. That's what he used to do. And then when that happens, he's only going to be successful from like here to here. Okay. And what happens is then if we're a little bit early, we, we top and roll over ball. So then when we try to get on plane really deep, there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is his bat speed, if he's a normal size human being and his bat speed, say 90 miles an hour out here, his bat speed's only, you know, say, you know, 80 to 90 back here. So if he's a normal person, instead of being 80 miles an hour here, he's 70 back here. And that's a huge power loss. So you have to maximize as a hitter. What, what I'm trying to do with a hitter is I'm trying to figure out where does this barrel reach its maximum speed for, for Johnny? Okay. Is it, is it at the front toes? Okay. So if it's at the front toes or maybe it's the two, two or three inches in front of the front toes, we need to consistently make contact there to maximize it. What do we have to do with our body to do that? Okay. That's the key. If you can't mechanically, if this elbow gets pinned, down here against your ribs and you don't get that elbow out in front and extend your right arm through, then what happens is you can't hit the ball out in front. And now all of a sudden it's like you got a Ferrari, but you can't get out of second gear. Okay. You're in a parking lot and all you're doing is just, you know, doing little circles and you're not having any fun. So that's why, you know, maximizing, that's why using some technology, using blast or, and coupling that with hit tracks, you know, where is your happiest of happy zones? Then we can build around that. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and break the actual swing down so we can see his stride. You know, it's, it's, it's nice. He picks his foot up. You can see he really coils his shoulders back. Okay. I'm a big believer in the front shoulder. Some people are a big believer in the back shoulder. I kind of like both, but I'm a big, I know if that front shoulder goes down and in under the, the chin, it was just probably the way I was raised was get that front shoulder down and in. Um, that back shoulder should go up and back okay, automatically without wrapping it too much. But if you look at this, people would say, oh, that's wrapped. You know, it's wrapped around his head, but you'll see how short his hand path actually is. Okay. So toe touch, heel plane. He's very narrow on this, okay, which is kind of interesting. Usually when players drop their front foot a little bit early, it's because they feel like they're late. Um, 
yet he ends up hitting this ball out in front, which is, which is kind of interesting. It just shows the adjustability of his swing. So what's really great about his heel plant position, albeit kind of narrow here, um, is look at his chest. His chest is back here. You can see his hip line is, is opening. Okay, he has great separation. He can do anything from this position, right? He can wait a little longer or he can fire his hands when ready. Then if we look at his elbow separation or forearm separation, okay, it's going to be very consistent as he turns. Okay, you can see how his elbows are apart. Because of that, his hands stay in front of his back elbow. The bat stays close to his head, over his shoulder. Now he's starting to slide his hands through. So this is kind of the newer move that he he started, or I don't know if he meant to do it. I don't know if he was told to do it. I think he totally is, but um, he's starting to use his hands more from this position. So this was like halfway through the year last year, maybe two thirds of the way through the year last year, he started doing this more. So this is watch his right arm. Okay. His upper body hasn't turned that much. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, he's just cleared his short approach. Now all of a sudden his right arm is starting to extend, extend, extend while his barrel stays back. So he's taking the knob, dare I say it, the knob to the ball out in front. That's why people used to say that move, knob to the ball. It's not the knob to the ball in the tee, but knob to the ball when it's coming at you. That's the new move. So the more you do that with your left hand and pull the knob out in front, look how long the barrel stays up. So again, why is this important? Well, because it's a pitch middle away and he's got to get his barrel out to hit that ball to right center field. So he's got to use his hands a little bit more, but he's using his hands without losing his barrel. Most people are going to have the barrel well below the hand there. This is his approach position. The barrel's still above his hand. Like most people would not think Aaron Judge would keep the barrel above his hands in the approach. Okay? But he is on this pitch. Okay? Now he still, now he releases the bat from his body. Okay? You can see how much room he has between his hands and his chest. Now he's going to release the barrel. Boom. Release that ball. Extend all the way through. So, is he losing uh, bat speed by using his hands a little bit more? Um, you know, maybe for an outside pitch, but that's why we don't hit outside pitches as hard. Um, but does it matter to him? So maybe he's sacrificing the two miles an hour of exit velocity uh, for 25 points in batting average. I think that's a pretty darn good, darn good trade. Okay. It's allowing him to cover more pitches. Okay. Um, and then if you watch, you know, have his back heel come straight up, his front knee comes back. It's a very simple move. Okay. And then you can see as he extends his arms. So watch the back, watch his back. I'm going to draw this little line on his back and see it's kind of moving fast. It's rotating. It rotates there. I'm going to draw another line. And then right here at contact, notice how it slows down and it doesn't spin as much. Okay that's when he extends the right arm. So when you extend the right arm, it's going to slow this right shoulder down. So those of you players that over-rotate or spin too much, the key is to use this top hand more. You know, you do your top hand drills. Um, we do a ton of those. Use the top hand drills. Work on pitches, you know, out in front with that top hand to get through it. That will keep your chest from over-rotating. And it's very common with young players because young players – you know, they don't have strong arms yet. You know, they don't have strong muscles and, and even older players don't have strong arms. But so what they do is they just depend on twisting and turning to create energy. Okay. And, and what we have to understand is it's a combination of the two. Okay. So if we only use body, that's bad. If we only use our hands, that's bad. So we have to be able to use both. Um, and Aaron Judge is definitely exemplifying those moves um, in this swing. So a couple of just quick checkpoints for young players. 
toe touch, look how much his front shoulder is down. Excellent. Heel plant, look how his front shoulder is still down compared to his back shoulder. Excellent. Look how the knob's facing behind him. Okay. Notice how his feet are still on the ground. His back knee has come in, but he hasn't jump started his hips yet. Okay. His back heel's still flat. Okay. The third thing is watch how quiet his elbows are. He keeps his elbows apart. He keeps them separate and he turns to his short approach. And then from the short approach, now it's time to use the hands. Boom. He's going to let his hands go through all the way to his power V position. Again, he's behind the ball, this front leg bracing. Then the weight hits the back foot after he makes, after he reaches full extension. So a very, very simple move for a very big man with a lot of moving parts. And, um, Again, I'm with you on this. I think Judge is um, Judge is a really, really good, good, solid, all-around player that um, should be here for you know a long time, and, and is probably going to have a pretty big contract at the end of the year. You know, I took a lot um, away from that, but there's something in there that you said that I thought was brilliant. That he sacrifices or has sacrificed exit velocity for batting average. It brought me up. Uh, brought me back to something I read this week um, in regards to, so I think it was Clay Holmes on the Yankees. Actually, he's changed his grip on his two seam fastball and he sacrificed a couple of miles per hour for more efficiency with the pitch and more movement. And that's it's inverted with hitters. That's what Aaron judge I think has done at times in his career as well. Sacrificed exit velocity for higher batting average and a higher on base percentage. Yeah, I mean, he's still going to have good exit velocity because he's big, strong, and you hit the barrel. So mm-hmm. if you swing the bat fast, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're not covering pitches. Yeah. If you just, you know, turn and burn and and flip your wrists, because you can create a lot of bat speed by flipping your wrists, um, but it doesn't lead to anything good except one out of ten times when you finally do it, you know, right on time on the right pitch. So sometimes there is a sacrifice, you know, in doing so. And, um, you know, we have to teach players to make adjustments and it's not just about, you know, how hard you hit the ball off of the tee or how hard you hit the ball off of front toss. Um, I worked with a, a player yesterday and, um, you know, we were working on certain moves off the tee and I was like, man, that is fantastic. Like, that's exactly what we want to see. And then we went to front toss. I'm like, that's the best you've ever looked at, at front toss. Like, awesome. Your numbers look good, way better. And then I was like, okay, we're going to make it a little tougher. And then I cranked the machine a little bit. And all of a sudden, those numbers went back down, right? I, I increased the stress level. And so I said, hey, you got to take it a step back. Let's, let's swing a little bit easier. Let's work on the move. And then all of a sudden, that player, you know, began to make the adjustments. But they struggle. And that's the process. Yeah. You push until they struggle, and then you bring them back. And some players will make that adjustment within a month. And some players, it takes, you know, six months or more to make big time adjustments. So take your time with it as players, but it's very important to not always go 100 percent. Well, great stuff. And again, to watch this breakdown, watch the episode, be sure to check out our YouTube page, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast YouTube page. Subscribe to it. New episodes every week. And of course, clips from previous episodes, mechanical breakdowns. So be sure to go ahead and do that. The Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast YouTube page next week. We are taking a week off. We will still have content for you on Monday, but the week after that, episode number 100. Yes, a big plateau, a big milestone for our show because it is episode, a lot of podcasts don't last 100 episodes. Shit, they don't even last 20 episodes. We've somehow managed to go 100. 
99 and almost 100. And we're breaking down the swing. Mechanic, it's a mechanical breakdown, one of our part of our series, but it's going to be called a gold edition where we uh, break down swings of previous major leaguers. We're doing Tony Gwynn, guys who had a lot of success, Hall of Famers in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, etc. And the first guy we are doing is one of the best, if not the best hitter of all time, outside of Ted Williams, Barry Bonds. Yep. We'll be breaking down his swing. Episode number 100. That will be in a couple of weeks. We still will have content for you um, next week as well. Uh, what do you got coming up at the lab? I keep getting emails about summer camps, new equipment, new gear. There's a lot going on at the lab BCS, and uh, I'm tempted to sign up just for the hell of it. So what's going on? <laughs> Even though you don't live in Texas. And I, I don't play anymore. Yeah. Now we got, uh, we, we have our, our camp you know, summer camp start in a couple of weeks. So we're doing some really advanced stuff, small group stuff for younger players, you know, so many camps at the, and they're great, you know, local high school camps and, um, you know, some, some different facilities out there, you know, there's like a hundred kids out there and they're, you know, lined up and standing around and whatever. So we're doing uh, groups of 18 broken into groups of six with, within that each camp. So um, it's a very semi-private kind of feel, which is, you know, we're big on player development. So that's what we're doing, but we have, all our college guys coming back. So they're doing, you know, hitting and fielding. We have catcher stuff for youth players. We have, you know, all skills, throwing, fielding, hitting for, for, you know, ages eight to uh, nine to 14. So yeah, everything's cooking down there, man. It's, it's summertime. Speaking of cooking, I think that's what you have to go do now. You have to go barbecue. I, I have to I go, go work out. Some ribs. So thank that's you for what listening. I should do. Thank you for listening, everybody, and watching. Email us, jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, at Jim Tara, at Epstein Hitting. Subscribe to the YouTube page of the lab, Epstein Hitting Podcast. And we're done. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, episode 100. Take care.